0: Welcome to Fumar Takes. This is our 249th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplicy, as always. And I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. return of one of my favorite takes of all time. I know it seems like I say that every week. But I really do mean it. One of the most unique conversations we ever had the first time around. We're welcoming back our guests of honor to talk a little bit more uh, and dive a little bit deeper perhaps tonight. But before we get to formal introductions of our guests of honor, let's thank the people that make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, during the Thursday, that was just a few days ago, April 27th broadcast of their Freestyle Live Special Edition, Drew Estate announced an entirely new Freestyle Live event pack to tease the upcoming release of new premium cigar that will be unveiled on their Freestyle Live reveal show on June 8th. So check out these new packs because there's going to be a new cigar released on June 8th, and then they will be revealed from what these Drew Estate Freestyle Live event packs are. held so uh drew Estate fans and retailers alike will be able to experience the new cigar before its june launch thanks to the freestyle live event packs which are available at all participating retailers nationwide starting just a couple days ago on the 28th so you can go out and get them today with an amount of rp of 40 bucks drew state's freestyle live event presents a tremendous opportunity for fans throughout the u.s to participate in the new brand's excitement so a very limited amount of freestyle live events were obviously going to be prepared and available so check them out Four of the new premium cigars without any brand identification of any kind and a Freestyle Live four cigar case and a Freestyle Live torch lighter and a Freestyle Live cigar rest are available at participating retailers. So check out your Drew Drew Diplomat retailer today. Get a hold of one of these new Freestyle Live event packs and sample the newest and upcoming latest and greatest that will be available and unveiled on June 8th. And welcome, everybody. So without further ado, this is our 249th take. Let's get to introductions right here. Tonight's guest is sponsored by United Cigar. Smoke one today. Start living United. Mr. James Brown of Oveja Negra Brands. James, how are we doing tonight?
1: I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, Thank you so much for making some time. You you were telling me before the show started how you were uh, doing a little bit of travel. Just got back in town uh, not too long ago, so uh, I I appreciate you making some time. I know travel can be exhausting, so oh, it's all good, man. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm a little thrown off though. Your hat isn't black. I just don't know what to do with myself right now. It's kind of throwing me off. Not gonna lie.
1: You know, <laughs> I, I think I think green and brown are the new black. So. I don't know. You know, you'll see me in a lot of uh
0: variations these days. i I'm with it. I'm with it. It Looks good. It looks good. Is it uh is there a brand to it or is is, is, it, is it is it is it one of your hats or what is it? Uh
1: no, it's a uh, undefeated.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Sweet. Um I uh I think my eyes were playing tricks on me before the show got started. You know, I think you were lighting up your cigar. It it looked a lot bigger than it does now. That looks more more like your traditional sizes that, that you usually <laughs> smoke. I was like, that's got to be the biggest cigar I've ever seen James smoke. And then apparently my eyes were just deceiving me and everything. What what'd you light up?
1: Uh, I lit up the new S and R. Oh, serpent's and just Came out uh, yeah perfect. about a month ago. So perfect.
0: Yeah. Well, that will uh, look familiar here in just a second. It would um, as has become tradition on this show, James, as I always ask my guests to pick a cigar for me to smoke tonight and I've got some choices. I think you'll I think you'll like uh all of them. So, uh it'll be a little challenging for you, but I know you can pick me out a good one. So, I've got uh the uh, Killer Bee Connecticut, which we'll be talking about later tonight as well. Uh the Santa Muerte for you. All nice. right. The uh Porcelain Robusto, which we're going to talk about the cigar as well. Um and then here it is. You've it looks like you've got the other size that you released, but I've got the uh uh the um the six by forty-six uh serpents and rainbows from this year. Oh
1: cool. So all on the
0: on the lighter side. Mm-hmm. And then uh and, and then I and, and I also got one from the event pack that you guys just started doing, the tiger lily. Oh nice. So
2: um
0: I don't know.
1: Uh let's uh let's do the uh Santa Marta.
0: All right. Fantastic. It has been a while since I've smoked this. So uh,
1: have you had the, the new, so this is the new re-release. Have you had Correct. this one yet?
0: No, I have not. This, this,
1: this is um, okay. I cool. I
0: just picked this up a few days ago and uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, um, obviously been a while since I've smoked it. Um, I, I think we talked about this last time. It wasn't, it's not anything intentional and I don't think it's, it has anything like, I can't really put my I could never really put my finger on something and say like eh, that that doesn't speak to me. But I think I smoke more black works than black label. Yeah. Um, And I and I wish I could have a, a better like observation for you than that. Like, oh, yeah, this is this is why or. or yeah, this, I mean, you know. I think it's I think they're definitely,
1: you know a lot of people don't see it, but I mean, they are two very different companies, sure. you know what I mean? And in, in, in terms of um, not only branding uh, and things of that nature, you know, but the, the Vitolas that we do um, the flavor profile. So, I mean, you know, black Works definitely has a very specific feel and black label has a very specific feel. So, I mean, I get it, you know, there's a lot of people that gravitate towards one or the other and, you know, which is one of the, one of the reasons why we have both.
0: You um with these 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 different brand identities and everything. I mean, obvious obviously they're intentional. Um, but do you do you keep them? I guess do you keep them that separate intentionally? Like, do you ever try not to to get too far into each other's lane because you want to kind of keep that separation or or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and and for me, it's you know,
1: it's, it's, it's an interesting balance, right? Because it's like, when we're working on, you know, new product development, things like that, you know, a lot of times, sometimes the cigar just kind of comes out of nowhere, right? And it's like, okay, well, you know, what is this cigar? Is it black label? Is it black works? Where does it make sense? Um, You know, things like that. So um, it's kind of, I mean, it's cool. It's difficult sometimes, but, you know, having to kind of think of both brands, simultaneously and and how different they are and and, you know to to keep things interesting on on both sides of the fence there i mean a lot goes into it but that that i really love it because i feel like the brands are really kind of the two sides of my personality you know and and so it's it's fun to to work with both
0: it's uh you know we're going to talk a little bit more about this in in a second Uh, And a little bit later, and everything, but it and 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 please don't please don't mistake my tone here. I'm not I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to to disregard it or downgrade it in any way because I think I think they're truly fabulous blends in it. But and and please correct me if I'm wrong here, and maybe it's different depending on I guess on shops and things like that. But does Emilio kind of struggle? because those two are such powerhouses for you I, ho- I hope that's coming across right I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pay disre- be disrespectful to Emilio because you guys done a great job with the brand but does I mean it- I think
1: yeah I mean I think that Emilio is is a brand that's coming around but I think the reason that it has struggled in the past is definitely because it's I mean it's a brand that's been around for you know almost 20 years but it's a brand that just, didn't really have an identity you know what I mean it's been a lot of different things it's been in controlled by a lot of different people you know kind of with different visions and and what it's going to be and where it's going to go and so um you know it's only been within the last few years where you know we've kind of taken control and really wanted to kind of focus it in a certain direction and you know put out some new product and, and bring some new identity to it and and you know get people kind of seeing what it can be all about. Um, but it's definitely a process, you know, it's one of those things that we keep building at and chipping away at and, you know, putting out new products. And I think that, um, you know, this last year was a, a huge thing for Emilio was the audio file. Um, mm-hmm. and that cigar really just kind of, you know, I mean, not for me, but for consumers, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, You know, something I've been working on for a while, but it came out of nowhere and really kind of opened people's eyes to something new and different and and a little bit bigger and bolder um, for Emilio. And so, you know, that had a huge response. You know, that's probably one of the first LEs that we've done for Emilio that sold out extremely fast. um, And people are just, you know, wanting more of it, wanting more of it. I mean, I see people online every day trying to track down that cigar. So you know we've got a lot more of these uh, interesting projects coming up for Emilio and um you know in this industry man it just takes a really long time you know I mean even for us with Black Label you know Black Works I mean we were a good five six years into it before you know things really get moving and, and people know the brand and and recognize it so I think Emilio's it's well on its way um and I think a lot of the stuff that we have coming out is really going to help to kind of keep pushing it along. Um, but it really, for me, it's like, it's just getting it out there, right? Mm. Getting it into people's hands because, you know, the cigars are solid, the price points killer, um, you know, it's just getting, getting retailers to get behind it and push it and, and get it in people's hands.
0: The Suave Maduro is like absolutely fantastic. Um, really Thank enjoyed you. that. Um and I really yeah, I really like the because we're going to talk about these themes here in a little bit, the the music theme that you kind of twisted you put on. Because it's kind of going through this new iteration and, and you're creating this identity and everything, um, and I know you've done it in the past. Is, is the Grimalkan something that we're going to see still or is it is it going to look at have a little more of an updated look to kind of go along with this this new identity that you uh, that you guys are creating.
1: Yeah, we uh, we're going to be uh, re-releasing the Grimalkin seasonal this year, so that's coming out um, right around October. Um, and we're kind of reworking that, doing some some new stuff with it. So that's going to be coming back. Um, Audio file will be coming back uh, this year as well with uh, some new vitolas, um, you know. And then we got some some new stuff for twenty twenty four lined up also.
0: Awesome! Well, fantastic. I this was totally uh, this was totally unprepared. I didn't. I wasn't uh, expecting to go full fledged into Emilio here. I actually had a nice icebreaker talk to- topic for us. So, but we can we can actually just we'll just switch stuff around. We'll move it right here into the main top oh. the main uh, the major point, which is uh, always brought to you by uh, the people. Yeah, cigar people. Uh, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service protocol. Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is, but behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back from the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series. Phoebe Cousins' Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. Well, we kind of already kicked things off a little bit by talking about a little bit of your brand here, but I, I wanted to I, I wanted to kind of kick the show off a little bit too, James, because I know you're, uh, you, uh, I guess Sneakerhead is the right term maybe not maybe uh maybe prefer something a little bit more formal like cigar uh sneaker aficionado or something like that but uh i I was gonna ask if you uh have you pay have you picked up any new drops lately That have just been something you've been looking for a while or yeah
1: man i mean it's like uh it's like a daily weekly type deal so yeah it's kind of like when people ask me how many actual pairs i have it's like literally by the month it's more a few
0: more a few more so yeah it's a a constant thing is it a do you do you ever like do you ever trade out or sell some of yours to make room or is it this this an accumulating collection that you've that you've done with
1: yeah i mean i don't i used to i mean i used to buy stuff just to buy it because I knew it would go up in value and, and sell it or trade it or whatever. But I mean, I just don't, I don't have time for that now. And, you know, obviously being in Nicaragua, that makes things difficult. So, I mean, really, I, I'm I'm to the point in my collection now where it's really kind of very focused, you know, it's not about quantity. It's about certain very specific things that I'm looking for. A lot of it is older stuff um, that I've been trying to track down for a long time. Um, new stuff is kind of hit or miss. There are a few things that I pick up, so it just depends.
0: Is it, is it just Jordan and Nike or or does it expand to other brands or? I mean, I'm kind of all
1: over the place. Like I love sneakers for sneakers, you know, Um, but kind of my main focus is it does tend to be Nike. I'm a big Nike SB fan. Um, so the bulk of my collection are are Nike SB Dunks. Um but I mean I have Adidas, I have Yeezys, I have New Balance, I have a lot of designer stuff, I have, you know, pretty much everything, you know. Do you have any old like retro like Reebok the pumps or anything? Um I don't. They they are starting to kind of re-release those. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't seen them in person, but they're they are doing a lot of cool stuff with the, the older Reebok re-releases. Um which seems pretty interesting, uh, because I do remember rocking the pumps. So
0: um it would be kind of cool to to have those again. But um I'm pretty sure my mom had to like chloroform me to throw out the I bought a we got a pair of Reebok pumps secondhand that were already beat to shit. I wore them completely out, like didn't care. And yeah. my mother was so embarrassed because, like, sending me to school and just ratty old shoes, but right? I just I loved them. I just absolutely loved them. She, pretty sure, pretty sure she drugged me one night to throw them away. I don't remember they weren't <laughs> they were there one day and they weren't there the next. I don't know what <laughs> happened, but uh, but I know they were there. There was almost nothing left of them, and, but they were they were so cool. I loved them. I, lo- I, lo- I loved them. Um, but yeah, I remember um, my my freshman year of high school. I worked. I worked not all summer. I mean, I worked all summer, but it wasn't my entire summer my summer's paycheck that paid for it. It might have felt like it from my mother who thought what I dropped on a pair of shoes was ridiculous, but I wanted to buy a pair of Jordans. And that was my gift to myself. Um and uh I haven't bought a pair in a long time and I've I've thought about it and I've just kind of gone gone more for function. Just
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting and, and that's kind of my thing is I vividly remember i mean i've always been into shoes even as a kid and and that was my thing you know i mean i remember buying my first pair of jordans i remember you know kind of that feeling and and saving up and kind of begging you know my parents and and all of that and just loving those shoes and so i think it's really cool to you know kind of relive those those moments and you know, to be able to own that same shoe today for me, it's just a really cool cool thing.
0: That's pretty awesome. Um, when you say designer, like you start, you're talking about like custom custom made stuff or.
1: No, I mean, you know, pretty much kind of the way of the world right now is, you know, streetwear has taken over everything. So if you think of any major design label, Louis Vuitton, um, Gucci, whatever it is, it's all about streetwear. And you know, within that is gonna be sneakers as well, or a big part of it. So pretty much every major design label is doing sneakers and whether it's a collab with an existing sneaker company or on their own, um, it's kind of the the norm now. So
0: oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, I um haven't gotten into uh any I guess, yeah. I- I guess when you said designer i should have gone to like stuff like louis vuitton and stuff yeah i've i've the i mean the the only thing designer that i ever bought was my my wife wanted a burberry purse and i got i got her one and it was it's real it's not fake i know that for a fact so <laughs> but uh that, that's probably the only foray i've ever done into uh into designer is that is that one purchase and it wasn't even for me obviously but um but um what what's so uh, like your favorite pair of like designer shoes that you own?
1: Um I'm I'm a huge Louis fan, so I like the Louis Vuitton trainers. I mean, I have tons of colors and I just love that shoe. so right. that, that would probably be my favorite for sure
0: it's it's really cool that they're kind of they that they're kind of going into like these, these different forays, right? It's not all about just these you know really i guess luxurious looks and everything like you said they're going into the streetwear everything do you um do you have any insight into why is that just because that's just the that's just the fad right now that's the style and that's what the market's clamoring for i mean i think it's just it's a new
1: customer base right like i mean i think the people that have the money and can afford it these days are very different than the people that could 20 years ago you know so it's a much younger uh clientele that's you know wanting that style mm-hmm. um, you know i mean i think it's interesting to see because it's to watch brands that are very traditional you know i think louis is a great example mm-hmm. is a very traditional luggage company and is well known for you know women's purses are probably one of the most well-known streetwear brands in the market right now you know they've completely transitioned their business model 100 percent um, in that direction, you know, and their their clientele, their customer base is, you know, completely different than I think they would have
0: ever imagined. Uh, you know, even twenty years ago. Not to put too fine a point on this, and 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 try to connect things that aren't there, but I mean, would you say that they're because they are different and they're coming from a different place? It's kind of hard to say this, but would you say that they are the black sheep of of street of streetwear? because they they're so different and they're looking at it in a different way or no i mean i think you know if you were to kind of tie
1: this into you know something like the cigar model i think that they're definitely going to be more mainstream just because they're kind of just coming out and doing you know what the market demands whereas you have like this whole other world of streetwear with these kind of unique, very small companies, very small brands that kind of come out of nowhere and are doing really kind of cool, interesting, small production stuff. So uh, it's kind of, you know, you have the kind of the boutique side of it as well. And that's kind of a, a really interesting part of, of streetwear that I really enjoy is a lot of these kind of new up and coming uh, brands uh, that are doing, you know, stuff that people haven't seen before.
0: Just to tie this back into to obviously the you as the topic of conversation or, and the your brands and everything, you know, I, was, I heard I heard a recent interview that you did, um, and I, it was it was a question that I've actually wanted to ask, so I'm going to step on some toes from that interview interviewer too. But I, um, you know, you guys have been doing this a while, and you guys have been so successful at the way that you're doing it. And I know you're just in in a way, and I've heard you say you're just kind of getting started and everything. But I mean. And this question was asked to you, and so I know I, I know the answer, uh, but I I still always wanted to ask it. So for the for, for the sake of my audience, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and uh, dive in here. I mean, do you still can do you still think of y'all yourself as a black sheep? Does that still tie in with the identity that you've created? Because I mean, again, you've been doing this for a while and I wouldn't say that you're the outside looking in anymore. You're very much a part of what this industry is becoming and doing amazing yeah, I things. Mean-
1: I mean, I'll say yes. And for this reason, you know, I mean, we we obviously started as like the little brand that could um, and kind of, you know, built our way up and built our way up. And, you know, I think even though we're much bigger today, um, even bigger than maybe we even expected to be, um, we haven't changed our process. You know what I mean? We haven't changed anything about what we do. Um, and I think that it's still pretty safe to say that when you go into a cigar shop and pick up a Black Label or blackworks Works cigar, um, that cigar is not going to taste like another cigar that you had, you know, a week ago. Um, so I think we're still very much doing what we do, you know, which I think is uh, when you look at our process, when you, you know, if you ever come to our factory and see what we do um it's still very different than what you tend to see in the industry you know so i think we still are very much kind of focused on what we do and and not so much looking at you know kind of the the overall market and and things like that you know we're still just kind of making the cigars that we want to make and you know putting out what we want to put out so yeah i think it's definitely rings true and i think that you know as we continue to grow and get bigger um, you know, that's not going to change. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's our business and, and what we want to do, you know, and that's what we love about it.
0: I, is it, uh, do you think you guys have, found, just to kind of use the word of the evening so far, which is identity, uh, do you think that you've found your identity, your process and everything, or do you think you'll, you'll continue to look for ways to kind of buck the trend, to kind of staying with that Oveja Negra mantra a little bit?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that honestly, like, you know, working as a cigar maker for the last 10 years, I mean, I definitely don't feel like you've kind of hit a wall um, in terms of new ideas and new interesting ways to put tobaccos together and create new and interesting products. So I think definitely, you know, there's a lot more there and, you know, um, as we continue to grow and as I continue to grow as a cigar maker, you know, that really just opens my mind to new ideas and new ways of doing things and, you know, stuff that I know I wouldn't have thought of a few years ago. Um, tobaccos that I look at in very different ways today than I did, you know, when I first started. So I think it's definitely going to be a, an ongoing kind of long evolution of the brands
0: um, and where they go. I think that's what I've always loved about you, James, is that when you, you put, you know, your mind to something and when you've kind of gone after certain things, you, you, in a lot of ways, it's it, it ends up being different than everything else, but it's not different for different sake. If that makes sense. It's like, it's very much a part of your creative process. Like I remember talking to you about, creating the the music theme around Emilio and how blackworks was more of your 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 I'm going to botch this but basically like your your almost your toy factory a little bit where you could where you could just go off and you know do you know do some really super creative things with you know a little bit more free license and everything within your own process that you've created and um but it it all kind of it all come, kind of comes back to this when when you like you said a minute ago, when you smoke a Black Label or Black Works or Emilio and go into any humidor, it's it's not going to be like any other experience. And I and I think that's I think that's a I think that's a, a very fair and accurate statement. And I think that's also pretty darn pretty darn exciting for anyone who wants to try something that doesn't really taste like anything else like we talk about companies that have, I'm babbling here for a second, I apologize. We talk about companies who have like a signature. right? And I don't think, I don't think there's a signature flavor in your cigars, but I think there's a signature in their uniqueness, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously when you look at black label, you look at Blackworks in terms of the portfolios themselves, you know, we have a very wide range of, of styles, profiles, strengths, all of that. Um, but I do think overall, there's more so a signature to Oveja Negra, you know, as the factory. I think that when you smoke one of our cigars, no matter what line it is from, you know, either brand, um, it definitely <laughs> kind of says to you that it's an Oveja Negra cigar. So, and that's kind of what we strive for.
2: Apologies, some smoke went
0: down the wrong way. Um, no, I, I I definitely agree with that. I um the um the, I I really enjoyed a kind of m- making my way through your portfolio, and you, you you made note of something specific that I wanted to hop into here. Um, I want to come back to something else here in just a second, but you noted that like the cigar choices that I gave you tonight were of the lighter variety, um, and that that's certainly that's certainly the case. I've I've you know, I've loved the deeper, darker, you know, more fuller stuff that you've made. Um, really, really, really enjoyed it. But I've also really come to love a lot of these lighter things that you, these lighter varieties that you've made as well. Uh, specifically, you know, the the rave for Dissident that you did was my number one cigar of the year a couple of years ago. And uh, I mean that that that's an incredible smoke. Really, have really enjoyed the the Killer Bee Connecticut. I know you guys just made that more regular production and then the porcelain too. This has been smoking incredible. Um, And I think, I mean, I mean, when you got, when you first started, I mean, Connecticut shade, wasn't something that you really dabbled in too much. Am I, am I, am I mistaken there? Not, yeah, not at all.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and honestly I, I love to hear you say that about, you know, the products that you, Uh, have with you Um, because it's important for me for people to realize that, you know, we're not a one trick pony. You know what I mean? Like it's not just about the big, bold, dark, Um, you know, we do, uh, you know, focus on other profiles, other strengths and do them very, very well. Um, And that for me working on those types of cigars is actually what I really enjoy the most because it is a lot more difficult for me to kind of come up with something uh really unique and interesting that fits into those profiles. Um, so it's a lot of fun to work on those, you know. And um, we kind of started playing with some Connecticut's during um the color project that we used to do for uh, Cigar Federation. Um, we had the Tiger Kitty, um, you know, and a couple other things. And so that kind of you know, kind of got me interested and I, I wanted to do a Connecticut for black label, but it just, it had to be the right Connecticut. You know what I mean? It, it had to be a Connecticut for black label smokers and um, it took a long time. And, you know, the porcelain was a result of that time and effort. And it was probably like, for me, my most nervous uh, I've ever been putting out a cigar. Uh, Just because I literally just didn't know what our hardcore, you know, black label fan base, how they were going to respond to it, you know. Okay. Um, And so the interesting thing is, you know, you fast forward from that point to today where porcelain is our number one selling skew, um, which is kind of crazy. And so,
0: yeah, you just never know, man. It it's it's really crazy that even in today's age is is as, as, as people have kind of gone into these other forays and I, I remember smoking so when I started smoking it was it was just at the this was you know you know almost twenty years ago now but it was just at, right on the beginnings of lajero 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 the stronger the better like it was, that was the trend back then you know it was, that was mm-hmm. what it was all about you know and um but even even then, the Connecticut shade has always been king for almost everybody. It's just one of the it's just it's the it's the cigar that, you know, is reliable. And then if it's, you know, if it's made incredible, you know, if it's made incredibly well, you know, you've you've got a you've got a smoker for it, you know. You just do. Um then yeah. the name. Um I mean, I'm assuming the the color of the leaf has something to do with it. Um, what what made you so uh, interested to dive back and peel back the layers of your creative side here? What, what, where did porcelain come from?
1: Um,
0: actually, it came. From,
1: it was the leaf, you know, because what I really love about uh, Connecticut shade is that you know when you get really good quality Connecticut shade, you know, it has almost this kind of really nice matte finish to it, you know, um, and what I love about it is, is that once you, you know, you light it up and you start smoking it, then all those beautiful oils kind of come to the surface. Um, and it and it kind of reminded me of porcelain, uh, you know, kind of the texture of the leaf and looking at it, you know, kind of that nice kind of matte, smooth finish. And so that's just kind of where it came from.
0: I mean it's gorgeous and I do like the 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 white on it too. You know, you you'd think that that might kind of be a muted look, but again the design works uh, really well on it and it just it kind of gives it a kind of a, a regalness to it almost. And it's 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 uh, it's really well done. The um the pigtail cap too. I've I've always been um a fan of the way that the 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 accents that you do on particular cigars, whether that be like open foot, closed foot, pigtail caps, you know, the, uh, uh, on the the killer bees and the green hornets, the, you know, the work that you do yeah, with the warning. wrapper leaves. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, I, I think, you know, for, if, you know, for, for everything that you do, I think it, it, it's, it's, it, it really works in a very, in a kind of a beautiful way. I think it's, it it really kind of is a cherry on top, if you will, kind of, it just says like, Hey, you know, we, you know, to our point earlier, like we may make these deep, dark, you know, really hearty smokes, but. You know, they're also beautiful as well. They can be elegant. And I think that's, you know, it's a really nice contrast that you put on it that, that works really well for what you guys do. I've always really enjoyed it. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, to me, a cigar, I mean, it's a
1: beautiful thing right like i mean and the time and effort that goes into making it um why not make it look as good as it can you know what i mean i mean that's why we triple cap everything um you know we always try to do something kind of interesting and unique whether it's a rabito or a pigtail or like you said the close foots um so yeah i mean that's just kind of the thing is like not only from a artisanal perspective of cigars to me should be beautiful you know but It's also one of those things where, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, when you're looking at something on the shelf, like it needs to have curb appeal. You know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. it's got to look good, especially to to a new customer. So, it's definitely one of our our main focuses. Is you know, a lot goes into our
0: cosmetic um, quality control. I remember when the last time I had you on, we talked about that. That's when Swarm had just come out, and it would. I mean, just Absolute rave reviews, just critical acclaim across the board for that cigar. And that was your first ish, first ish pouré foray, foray into Cameroon wrapper. And now we're sitting here talking about Connecticut, which you've you've done for a number of years now in, in various in various ways and everything. But um, is there, you know, are, are you are you constantly looking for for things to challenge, like to challenge yourself, to like can I make a cigar with this, or can I blend with that, or is it Oh, you are. You're nodding. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm always curious about anything, you know, I, I, any tobacco that's out there I want to try. Um, you know, certain things don't necessarily work in kind of what we do day to day. But there are, you know, a lot of new variations of things that that I'm curious about. I always want to try it. I always want to work with something new. Um, so yeah, definitely always down to, to do different
0: things. I was actually thinking about this today. I was having, a, I was, I was chatting with a group of friends about another cigar brand and another cigar with different type of tobacco. And it made, it gave me pause to think about and ask you about it tonight. And that was with uh, tobacco or cigars that are, you know, have a influence of Peruvian tobacco or Colombian. Those two, those two tobaccos have a very, they have very nice floral essences to them and aromas, very citrus forward flavor components, and they can be overpowering, which is why people don't like to use them in some cases, or, or when they do, that's the, that's the those are the flavors that come for the power. Have you, you were nodding. Have you, have you, uh, can you, have you dabbled with that? Have you? Is it kind of? I not- have. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: um, you know that's it's funny you say that because the Peruvian is one of the tobaccos that I really like. Um, but it, it, and it is a tobacco that I've played with and it just hasn't, I haven't kind of figured out where it fits into what we do. Um, but I think at some point there will be some, some variation of that used in in one of our, one of our products.
0: I want to go on record and say, I would love to smoke a cigar that James Brown made with Peruvian tobacco. I, I would love to see, I would love to see your take on that. So, um, uh, I'm I, at least you got one person interested. If that, if that means yeah. anything, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of uh, going on to this though, like, um, does it ever get frustrating for you though? Like when you're like you said, like, hey, this is a tobacco I really love, but you just haven't found the place for it. Does it ever get frustrating when you're trying to do something with something and it just doesn't work?
1: Um, not really. I mean, you know, I don't try to. I mean, things can always work. It's just a matter of figuring it out, right? You just have to dedicate kind of the time and effort to to working with it enough to figure out what makes sense, you know? And um, I think that the difficult thing is, is that, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, the cigars that we put out, uh, you know, for our different brands, they have to make sense, right? We can't just come out of left field with something absolutely, completely, you know out of the out of the box out of the wheelhouse for what the brands kind of are um so it's kind of you know for me the difficult part is working it into something that makes sense for what we do Um, you know so and that's sometimes takes a lot of time you know a lot of these a lot of these products we put out especially limited releases you know these are things that i work on for sometimes years before they come out you know so it's it's a long process it's a long game but Um, you know, it's, it's also one of those things where, you know, what can become a little bit frustrating as a, I think from any manufacturer standpoint is, you know, it's like, um, for us specifically, you know, we have this list of limiteds that have kind of, you know, they come out every year, every other year, whatever the rotation is. Um, and people love them and that's awesome. And they have this expectation that, you know, they're going to be back. Um, But they also have this expectation that there's going to be a bunch of new stuff, too, you know, so that balance, I think, is probably one of the more difficult ones that we face um, where it's kind of tough to say, like, okay, you know, everybody loves morphine. Everybody loves Bishop. But what about this new stuff? You know, we got to we also want to work on these new projects and get those projects out and going. So that's the tough part is, you know, 12 months in a year is really super short timeline when it comes to, to putting out a limited release product for us.
0: You're teaming up perfectly for another segment to talk about something with your limiteds, but I want to put a pin in it. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to overshadow something that I think, you know, is a little bit under the, got a little bit under the radar. Um, for probably everybody except for you, cause you probably, you obviously know it's 10 years, right? This is, this is 10 years. Yeah. of Black label. Yep. This is, I mean, this is, I mean, that's a, huge milestone. Um, I know that the, the, uh, the cliche question is always like, what's changed the most? I think a lot of things have changed. What's changed the least in 10 years? Interestingly enough, um,
1: you know, we're 10 years into this and it's still always kind of interesting to me that there's, you know, there's still just a lot of people, a lot of retailers that have still like never heard of us, um, you know, which is kind of like kind of shows you like the expanse of this industry. You know what I mean? Like how many retailers are actually out there and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and how much like this segment of the industry in terms of, you know, brands our size and, and, and things like that are still kind of working to reach people you know and so i think that's changed that's one thing that hasn't changed is the grind and the hustle Mm. it it doesn't go away you know what i mean like we still have to be grinding have to be hustling no matter what um it doesn't stop you know it's either myself on the road or Derek or national sales manager uh, on the road uh but somebody's always out there still grinding even 10 years in you gotta be
0: it's uh, yeah. I, I think it, it, it's it's a small industry, right? It's a small world. Like a lot of people know other people, but then, it, it, like you said, there's there's always some retailer or customers. So, uh, brief brief departure here. Um, I had Abe Tababna on before uh, a few weeks before the Great Smoke. And he was like, yeah, I'm always looking to try stuff. He's like, yeah, if you ever have any brand suggestions. And I was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, well, let's talk after the show. And I don't, I don't think he'll mind saying me this now because it was, it was funny. I was like, I was like, Abe, I don't know. And I had been, I confess it had been a few weeks since I'd looked, I guess at his big list of brands. I was like, "Abe, I don't know how you don't carry James stuff. Like how do you not have Oveja Negra? And he's like, what, you mean the, the green Hornet killer B? He's like, yeah, I, I brought that in just a few weeks ago. I was like, all right, stand correct. There we go. Fantastic. We're great. Great, great choice. Good job. Well done. Um, but that—that that, I mean, that's 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 huge for you guys. I mean, he's a he's a huge um, obviously retailer in Florida, and I mean his his reach goes well beyond that too. And that, that's a that's a great opportunity for you guys. So that's that's, that's yeah, absolutely, be- yeah. Um so to that point about like small brands and stuff like we were or just like how people don't know I me mean, we were actually standing in line at the great smoke talking talking about cigars and there were a couple people in behind line behind us we were in front of the the Tatawahe and my father booths and these these two people had never heard of my father Tatawahe. so uh it's just it's crazy how many like you said there's doesn't matter how long you've been doing this, this, like you said, the grind and the hustle. I mean, even for Pete, who's been doing this for, you know, twice as long as you have, which is crazy. Just nuts. Or do you have anything, I mean, is there anything special planned for this milestone? I mean, to commemorate it or.
1: Yeah, we actually have a few, uh, cool things for black label. Um, so we are releasing a 10 year anniversary cigar, uh, called the black Madonna or the Madonna Negra. Um, that's going to be coming out uh, in June, uh, so I'm very excited about that. It's our first Connecticut broadleaf wrapped cigar. Um, oh wow! So we've used yeah, we've used Connecticut broadleaf in different variations and fillers and things like that. But um, so this is our first Connecticut broadleaf wrapper um, coming in three vitolas, uh, and yeah, so we're super stoked about that. Uh, it's a very, I would say, it's a very different. Cigar for Black Label in a good way, so it's a uh, definitely unique, definitely interesting, um, and I think people are really going to dig it. Um, then we have a PCA this year, we're going to be launching um, five by fifty robustos in all of the Black Label core line. Um, so we're going to be adding those up, right. you know, to the core. I'm down. And Then to kind of close out the year, we're doing um, a really cool project called the black album, uh, which is going to kind of be an anthology of all the limited releases we've done over the last 10 years for black label. Um, So it's going to have a representation of each one of those cigars and kind of this, you know, album size box. Oh, that's uh, some really cool, really cool artwork and things like that. So yeah, it's going to be some cool stuff coming for sure.
0: So for the Madonna Negra are the, uh, um, is this a, is this going to be a limited release or is this going to be an ongoing production?
1: Um, this is probably going to be the first cigar that we've done that will be a one and done. You know, all of the rest of our limiteds are kind of annual; they come back. Um, I can't say that the Madonna will come back. Um, probably not. Um, just because of what it is and, and, and what we had to do to make it in terms of the aging of the wrapper, things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be our first cigar that's kind of a, a celebratory cigar, and, and, and that'll be that. Um, but it's going to, like I said, it's going to be in three patolas. We're doing something really cool with the box uh, that you guys will see when the press release comes out. Um, and it's the first time we're doing um, 50 dress boxes that are going to be very, very cool. Um, nice. Kind of a collector's type thing. And then that box is actually going to be all three Vitolas um, in one. So some cool oh, stuff going on with that.
0: Neat. Kind of like a little uh, little homage to the hive kind of, you know, that a kind of collection of sorts.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be you know kind of cool, larger size. Um, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be pretty
0: cool. I still have I still have two of those that I have not cracked open. I bought three of them. One one I smoked through, and the other two of them I've got. You gotta burn them up, man. I know, I know. I, everyone, everyone always tells me that. Like when I tell them I have really cool stuff. Um, Manufacturers at least will always tell me, "God, you smoke through that stuff." Uh, i uh i thought about i thought about cracking one open tonight but these 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 uh the selection that i put before you were just kind of they were kind of speaking to me today um so with this uh this this one and done like you said it's the first time you've done it and it's the because of the tobaccos and the aging and everything so i take it by that that this is it's genuine connecticut broadleaf american broadleaf right it's not like we've seen a lot is, of different yeah. variations of it like Nicaraguan grown and Pennsylvania and stuff like that. So, but uh, man, that stuff's hard to get hold of. You've been, when you said aging, I'm sure you've been aging it for a while.
1: (laughs) We have, yeah, we've been aging it for a long time. And then we've actually, um, this is the first cigar that we've produced and then actually held and aged in our aging room for, um, by the time it releases, it'll be about a year. uh, that We've aged it as well. So um, yeah, a lot of time and effort you know, it just into the, the actual production side of it.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, I um, wanted to take a quick break here for one of our fun segments tonight here, James. Uh, we've been doing something new. Uh, I know it's been a while since you've been on the show uh, where we had a couple of segments before. Um, I think all of our segments for the most part will be new to you with the exception of the last one. This one is sponsored by United Cigar. We're going to go into a little bit of history here. James, don't worry. It's multiple choice questions, multiple choice, don't worry. Uh um and uh but it is about uh American presidents uh so it is sponsored by United Cigars featuring Lagiana Havana distributors of Jose Dosmingas Delero, Garofalo Firecracker the highly acclaimed Atabe Byron and now Alfonso lines from selected tobacco smoke one today and start living united um when Oliver Naveau of United and I got together on the scene he he was like yeah we should to do a presidential trivia since you love presidents so much and i was like absolutely let's let's do it. it's just kind of break it break up the you know the monotony of an interview in a little bit kind of have a little fun and so i've been what i've been doing is just trying to take my guests and uh connect them somehow to presidents and and uh i have an interesting observation about my choice tonight it obviously there's an obvious one which is that you share the name James Madison James Brown you share the same first name and everything he's the subject tonight Um, but here's your question then I'll go into my observations about um, about uh, uh, our former the former president James Madison so uh, other than and I'm using my finger quote finger other than treason what other crime did James Madison commit in his lifetime and which famous American was with him when he committed it Was it A, was he arrested for writing lewd and lascivious comments in newspapers along with Alexander Hamilton? Was he B, cited for public intoxication with James Monroe? C, arrested for illegal carriage riding with Thomas Jefferson? Or D, was he accused uh, by Aaron Burr of plagiarism when writing the Bill of Rights and U.S. Constitution?
2: Uh... I'm going
0: to just go with A. Arrested for writing lewd and lucidious comments in sure. newspapers. Uh, he did write with Alexander Hamilton and John Jay, the Federalist Papers. And for some, they probably would were probably considered pretty controversial at the time, obviously, because we were trying to ratify the Constitution. But no, that's that's not it. He was actually arrested for illegal carriage writing with Thomas Jefferson. You're going to get a kick out of this. He was arrested because they were carriage riding on a Sunday and where they happened to be riding in carriages on Sundays was actually illegal.
2: Hmm.
0: So, um, you know, it's now it's not the same as uh, riding a, a Land Rover uh, through a, uh, you know, a, a, a military coup like you did, but it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's one of, it's one of those funny stories about it. I, I, the other comparison that I had for James Madison and, and you, James, is that I, I, I don't think you're particularly short. He was the shortest president in our history. Um, but I think from bef- before I had the opportunity of meeting you, you seemed like a for me, like this very, this very imposing person. I, I don't know why. You seemed I, I don't know what it was, but it seemed very imposing, very almost kind of intimidating. And I don't know what it was. Obviously, all I had to go on was like pictures and you know that was pretty much it so i don't know what it really was and everything and um but um i mean you're, you are you the, this is what i love about this industry there's like so many people that are approachable but like i remember the first time i met you at ipcpr now pca trade show a few years ago and you actually handed me a tiger lily um and um or actually not a tiger lily you handed me a neon tiger excuse me and we just had a very brief, nice, wonderful conversation. And I was like, "Man, he's nothing like he's nothing like I pictured at all." And <laughs> in a very, you know, not that my my previous impression was bad, and not that the resulting uh, the resulting impression was bad either. It's just like one of those things that was kind of it was just kind of opposites and everything. I think, and I think that my comparison that I'm drawing with James Madison was that you know, like he was a very powerful force, and for a very small statured man, he barely weighed a hundred pounds. Shortest president in our history, yet wrote the greatest document in our nation's history and stuff, and and obviously curbed a lot of things that you know, and created a lot of things that happened for our government. So um again, connecting the dots here, you know, he was a rebel, and so are you. And you know, you you uh you bucked the status quo and and, and are creating this 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 new this you know you're pioneering this own trail for you with Oveja Negra, so I don't know. I, I was that's that, that, that's my connection with James Madison. That's what I was putting together. Yeah,
2: man, that's
0: cool. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure you enjoyed this nice foray back into social studies since you uh, <laughs> going back to school. It's it,
2: it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But uh, that was our presidential trivia segment brought to you by United Cigars, featuring Las Gianna Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, Firecracker, the highly acclaimed Atabate, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Pay close attention y'all because we'll be doing on, starting on Flag Day in the middle of June, we'll be doing a 20 days of United from Flag Day until our nation's independence stage life fourth is exactly 20 days. And we will be smoking a United Cigar each day to celebrate uh 20 days of freedom so pay attention to that that's coming down the pipe we'll have more details uh for our audience uh, as that draws closer so um thanks james i really appreciate uh appreciate your participation in that um what's the uh um kind of just to go back here a little bit to uh what we were talking about before with like what you guys have done with like limited releases and stuff, the limited release that I really enjoyed last year. In fact, it made my honorable mention list for my top 10 because my top 10 can't be a limited cigar. So I have like an honorable mention list cigars of note that are limited editions. It was one of the best cigars that I smoked last year. And I really, really enjoyed it was the intergalactic. And I thought that, I thought that blend was absolutely sensational uh, in both sizes that you, that you released and everything. Um, and and I was trying to remember this night and, and I apologize that I I couldn't re- recall. Is that the first time that you've done that release? Cuz I know you bring like you said you bring some back. Okay. So yeah, that was, was the first time, time
1: for the Intergalactic and it was um you know, that was a cigar as well where I was kind of like you know, does this really make sense for Blackworks and um you know, I kind of I sat on that that blend and that idea for a while and um just every time I kept coming back to it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, it does. I really, I I dig it. I'm into it. I get it. I was a little worried that some people might not get it. Um, But I think overall I was really happy with the, you know, the feedback from it because it is a very different cigar for us. Um, But I think, you know, in a, in a very good way. Um, And I think it's a, it's a very, very, one of the most unique, uh, cigars I think we put out in terms of uh
0: the profile uh that it has. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that you really liked it. Oh, it was fabulous. I I I'll tell you the story about my how it actually it just it saved my week once. And I'll tell you, um I know you you don't venture outside of your own stuff uh, very often or at all, but um I obviously smoke quite a bit outside of of your stuff. Um even though I I enjoy it immensely and uh every so often I'll go on a and I'm sure this happens in the factory too when you're like sampling tobaccos and like they're just not ready and they're not right. And so you go like on a I call it a bad run where it's just like cigar after cigar is just not like one's plugged, this doesn't taste good. I'm sm- I'm trying something new, and that doesn't work. And I just I had a really bad run uh throughout a week. I mean, I smoked probably I want to say 12, 15 cigars that week and just none of them tasted good. Just Like just none of them hit. And I was sitting with my wife's uncle on my patio and I lit up a cigar and it would just, I mean, I got three or four puffs into it. And I was like, I'm, I'm done with the shit. And I like, I went back inside and I grabbed the intergalactic and it was only my second one. And I was like, I know this will be fine. <laughs> and I lit it up and I loved that cigar before. I loved it on my first try, but, I, th- I think a combination with the fact that it was such a bad run of stuff and how good that cigar is, it just like was the ultimate hit the spot moment for me. It was fantastic. It just smoked so good. And it blend just really, really is um, balanced. And I really just really enjoyed that, that cigar. You just did it. You, you hit a home run as far as I'm concerned. I thought it was fantastic.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to hear that all right is yeah, this... that cigar is right. it's kind of funny story about that cigar because you know i was i was really into it um and you know some of the other people in the company were kind of just like yeah i don't get it like <laughs> you know are you sure like this is this is it this is the cigar like like yeah they didn't get awesome. the blend like, you... they or like the brand yeah, just or... like okay you no know, they were just kind of like yeah it's okay i was like all right, whatever. So yeah, it's just kind of, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really, I really liked it. So I was glad to see that, that people responded positively towards it.
2: Yeah. I, you know, it, it's, it's,
1: it's one of those things where it's kind of interesting, like, you know, I mean, as I think any kind of creator, uh, anything you put out, whether you, you know, whatever you're making yourself and you put your kind of yourself into it and you put it out there for other people, you know, it's always very kind of intimidating and um kind of a nail biting thing when it comes out, Uh, you know, so any new cigar for me, I'm always kind of, you know, I have a bit of a stress level just to
0: see the, the reaction to it. So um yeah, I was happy that everybody dug it. So not like the nervousness of when the porcelain came out, nothing that, not that level or not that level. No, not that level, but, that was probably the worst that's that's so bizarre to me I, I feel like it plays really well into your portfolio and like the like the staple a little bit i mean it's different don't get me wrong it's a it, it's a yeah. completely taste different tasting blend but um yeah i thought it was just absolutely sensational the so i mean are there, are there plans to bring that black maybe in in later years or like kind of like you've done with other stuff or what do you think
1: the intergalactic Yes. Yeah. The intergalactic is definitely coming back um, and it's probably going to come back in its original form um, and also a variation of the intergalactic as well. So probably like 2024, uh, we may bring back the original and then 2025, a different tweak on
0: it. We were talking earlier and I said you, you, you kind of routine me up for this for this grouping of questions here and early, but I wanted to go back to your anniversary first but this does play into like the fact that you you've um i i think that what we see a lot in the industry james and i'm sure you'll probably agree um i i think that there are a lot of brands and companies that are that are out of balance like they they have too many core brands and there's not enough of these kind of like more limited releases where they can be a little bit more fun and kind of do like sell you know milestone cigars or whatever you you, whatever they may be and then there's cigars companies that do way too many limiteds and that's it seems like that's all that they do and and it's you know it, it it's almost like you're trying to you're trying to catch you're trying to catch them at the right time and things like that but i i feel like i feel like you've kind of if you'll permit me i feel like you've kind of mastered the balance because I think you've got a fantastic selection of core that's really kind of been your workhorse over the last 10 years. And then you have a lot of fun and a lot of loyalty and excitement around these limited releases that you do. I mean, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, it definitely it definitely works for us. Um, you know, and I, I think that... I think one of our, our biggest... Um, differences in terms of the way that we view our business is, you know, none of us involved in in our company had any history in the cigar business. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I didn't own a cigar shop. I was, you know, I didn't know anybody in the industry. I didn't know. So we kind of came into it, you know, kind of a blank slate and no kind of preconceived notions of what we should do or how we should do it. Um, we just kind of did what seemed to make sense for us. And, um, you know, kind of, I wanted to view it from a, you know, from a consumer standpoint as well. And, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing was, you know, I was very adamant with our limiteds early on that, you know, like I, I just, the amount of effort that goes into, you know, not only blending a new cigar, but the marketing behind it, the branding, um, the promotion of it, like there's no reason that these should just like be gone. You know what I mean? Like they, they have to come back. You know, I want to, I want people to be excited for these, you know, if they're excited for it once they're going to be ready for it again, you know? Um, And they're great cigars. I mean, there's no reason for them to go away. So um, that was just kind of early on. We decided that's the the route we were going to go. And, you know, I think it's worked
0: out really well. Would you say that like, I was trying to think about this the other day when I was kind of doing some preparation for tonight. And I mean, would you say that the bishops has got to be the most successful limited you guys do? Would you, would it, be morphine maybe? Cause it's been around a little morphine's been around a little bit longer. I feel like a little
1: bit longer, a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, those two for sure are kind of like the staples, you know? Um, and, and that's the cool thing too, is that we see that, you know, I mean, morphine first came out in 2014, um, so it's, you know, going on nine years with morphine, um, but people still get as excited about it today as they did back then. Um, and the same story with the Bishop, you know, so it's awesome to see that, you know, even though these cigars have been around, the excitement is still there and, you know, more and more people keep latching on to them and,
0: you know, falling in love with them, which is awesome to see. What what do you, what do you attribute that to? Do you, I mean, it, do you think it is your fan base? I mean, the, I think the cigar quality stands on its own. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, you know, we're just super fortunate and I'm always incredibly humbled by the customers that we have. I mean, it's just like, it's so awesome for me to see, you know, the way people, um, not only support the brand, but just, I, I love it when they find like their cigar, you know what I mean? And that's like the coolest moment for me as a cigar maker is when somebody finds a product that we make that they absolutely fall in love with. And, you know, that's their thing. Um Because I know that that's like such a huge, you know, as a cigar smoker myself, I know that's a, such a huge, like uh positive thing in somebody's life. You know what I mean? Like when you find mm-hmm. like, either the brand or the cigar that, you know, kind of gives you everything you want and makes you happy, you know. So that's that's always awesome. And, you know, to see these guys that, you know, support us the way that they do and, you know, want to come to Nicaragua and go to the factory, like that's just always so like humbling to me and awesome uh to see. And, you know, I would say that we just have like the best group of people that are out there, you know, supporting what we do.
0: The funny story about my relationship with the Bishop's Blend. Um, this last release that you did was the very first Bishop's Blend that I ever purchased. Not the first one that I smoked, but the first one I ever purchased. I can't tell you what it was. It was like one of those mysterious things. Like I was always gifted one or a couple
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, from various people, like not the same person. It was kind of like the, the original, uh theory about a postage stamp, you know, like one materializes when, when you need it. Um, it, it just, you, if you need a postage stamp, you, you you find it or, or it's able, it's easy to get it's, or something like that. But I, I, I recall I've, I've smoked, I want to say nearly all of your Bishop's blends. Um, but I never actually paid for one until this last one, um, which I, I, I made note of it. Cause I was like, cause I was like, I, oh, I can actually, I'm. I'm going to buy more. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, why have I never bought this in the, before in the past is because someone always gifted me some or one or two or, or whatever it was. So it was, it's, it's, it was one of those funny, funny stories about it. Um, When you first started doing the bishops and um, I mean, was that, I mean, I don't think anyone ever creates something to be mediocre, but I mean, did you, did you have the foresight to say like, this is going to be a pillar of what we're trying to do here
1: I mean I think so yeah I mean like for me personally yes because you know the Bishop when it first came out in 2016 it was a cigar that I had been working on for like uh, maybe a little over two years I think so um and I always tell people that it's a special cigar for me because it's a cigar that I couldn't have made any earlier you know, it was kind of like a culmination of, of kind of what I had learned about working with tobaccos up until that point. Um, and it took me a long time, like I said, to where I thought it was perfect. And I was super excited about it. Um, and, you know, I think it, it definitely had more of a, a response than I anticipated. Um, but I think that that cigar in 2016 is really kind of what changed the brand. Um, you know it definitely steered the brand in a different direction um, in terms of like the hype and you know being super sought after Um, and it was kind of the first cigar you know that, that really got mass amounts of attention and brought a lot of attention our way Um, so that was really cool to see
0: yeah I recall a lot of people talking about it back in 2016 and and that's when the first person gifted me one. And I smoked it, and I was, like, wow, this fantastic. Um, so I could see how it kind of, like you said, it kind of it kind of garnered that attention, grabbed people, and kind of steered them towards um, towards what you guys were doing. You, you mentioned a moment ago, and, and I know that's something that you always took pride in and uh, loved doing. And, but you, and you recently welcomed people back to a factory tour for the first time in three years, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. First time since, since COVID. So yeah. When was the last one? Was a little it while. like
0: 2019 right before or, or 2020 right before, or was it 2019 was the last one? Uh, 2019 and it was,
1: yeah. So it was 2019 and it was literally like our last group, Uh, you know, people's flights were getting canceled and everybody was worried about getting home. Thankfully they were all able to get back, but yeah, it was like right at that moment.
2: What's, uh, why, why, why are they so special to you? These the factory tours?
1: You know, I just, I know that, you know, one thing for me is like, I love that people are, are, are into not only cigars, but our cigars enough to want to know the whole story. You know what I mean? They want to know where it comes from, you know, why we do this, why we do that. Um, see the actual people that are behind it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, I'm out there. Angel's out there. Like, you see us. But, I mean, we're not the ones that are, you know, sitting at the table every day, you know, creating these things. So um, it just feels, you know, it's, it's like bringing someone into your home, you know, and I think that's a really cool thing that, you know, people want to know and they want to experience it. And, you know, they want to know what Nicaragua is all about and what it's like. And um, I just find that really cool, you know, and it's it, it means a lot to me that I know that, you know, it's not a cheap thing to do and that people take this time out of their life and spend this amount of money to, to experience that. Uh, uh, it's just, it's a really nice thing to see
0: we talked a lot about your story the last time you were on James. And I thought about this with your 10th anniversary and everything, Nicaragua has got to be the longest you've been in one place for since your youth. Right. I mean, it is. Yeah, for sure. Is it the longest time period, like even going like for your entire life or.
1: Um, no, I mean, I was, you know, I basically grew up in Austin and was there until, you know, I finished with college. Um, But yeah, I mean, in terms of in the last 20 plus years, yeah, I mean, we've kind of always been one place or another, you know, developing businesses, selling businesses, moving on to something else. So, um, yeah, it's been a it's been quite a long stretch for us here, Um, which is kind of cool because, you know, it 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 not only did, you know, not only did we come here because we needed to be here um we came because we really love nicaragua and it's cool that it has turned into the place where we feel like you know we are going to put down roots um you know and kind of this is this is it for us you know this is where we're going to be i mean you know because in reality we could live somewhere else and you know tons of people own factories and are not in nicaragua and
2: um
1: not that i think that's the best way to run a factory but you know it could be done we just we love it here so it's it's where we want to be it's home to your point yeah yeah
0: Yeah, everything about it um you just took a little bit of a segue off of the tours i wanted to i mean do you guys have any other um, any more planned this year or is it not again till next year what's the what's the what's the plan
1: Yeah, not again until next year. I mean, we kind of, we have a very short window because we want to, you know, we want people to experience going to the farms, seeing the curing barns, things like that. So, you know, the growing season for tobacco here is very short. You know, it's basically January through end of April, roughly, uh, sometimes middle of April. So, yeah, we're going to start back up with, you know, we usually do like three or four a year. So we have those starting again in January. How many? Did you just
0: do one this year? Or did you do a couple more?
1: No, we actually did four this year. Okay. So yeah, we did uh, we did three out of the U.S. and then we had a group from Germany uh, with our distributor that came.
0: Um, any? Uh, uh, I'm sure there were a lot of new people. Uh, were there any uh, any repeats? Any people came back?
1: There's actually a lot of repeats. Yeah, so repeats. it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um yeah, I think we're gonna have to kind of find this balance now between people that want to come back versus new people um so, yeah, we may end up doing like kind of trips geared towards new people and then maybe a trip geared towards you know returning people um, uh, which is awesome to see. I mean, we've had people come you know three, even four times, um which
0: is really cool. that's like you said, that's gotta be pretty humbling just to have people not, not only just come, but then, then come, want to come multiple times to experience, you know, uh, have you, yeah do, have definitely you, yeah. have you changed it up at all? Uh, like I'm sure you have over, over the years.
1: Um, a little bit, we've kind of tweaked it here and there. Um, you know, I think a cool thing that we're doing now is um, we're doing one night where we do uh, an actual like catered dinner in the factory Um, because we have a really, I don't know, you've probably seen it online, but we have a really awesome lounge space, uh, in the factory. Um, and so that's a really, I don't know, uh, to me, that's like the perfect environment just because it speaks to the brands and what we do. And so it's, it's really cool to do like the nice, you know, uh, dinner there with candles and all that, and just creates a really cool vibe
0: outside of the, you mentioned a moment ago, I want to dive back into the fact how Nicaragua has become home for you and Angela and your, and your, and, and your son um, for the, you know, the last decade plus um, outside of cigars and everything. Like what, like what's your favorite part of Nicaragua? What do you love about it so much?
1: Uh, you know, it's just the overall vibe. It's, it's super laid back. You know, we've lived in, in a lot of places in Latin America and, Um, you know, unfortunately in those places, they were the kind of places where, you know, you're, you're basically living behind a wall and you got razor wire and you got cameras and you got security and and all this stuff. And like, uh, so when we came to Nicaragua, I mean, it was just kind of like this huge, like exhale of, you know, this loss of stress in terms of, of those types of situations. Like Nicaragua is just such a laid back safe place and the people are just so genuinely like friendly and warm and welcoming. And, um, so it's just got that really good vibe to it, you know? And I mean, for us, like raising our son here, I mean, we kind of, we couldn't have picked a better place, honestly. Like, I mean, it's just to see him grow up here and, and, and kind of experience that is just awesome, you know? And, um, that's one thing that we really, uh, um, didn't plan, didn't anticipate, but it worked out to be just perfect.
0: I imagine your son is just because he's had to be like all three of you fluent in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love asking this question.
0: Go ahead, please.
1: uh, I was going to say he more so than us just because he grew up in it. You know, I mean, his first, uh, you know, kindergarten through uh, seventh grade was all Spanish um, you know, all of his friends only spoke Spanish. So he's, yeah, he's a hundred percent fluent. Does he speak any other languages? No, no. He wants to learn French. Um, he's been kind of dabbling in that. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's kind of funny because he, he kind of considers Spanish his first language. Sure. You know, like he says it's easier for him to, you know, read, write, all that stuff in spanish He said that he dreams in spanish that's Um, that's
0: where i was going to go yeah with yeah it's kind of
1: cool yeah it's kind of cool to see that you know and and the cool thing is for me is like you know angela and i we speak spanish but we speak you know kind of regular spanish whereas when parker speaks he speaks like a nicaraguan you know it's all the slang all the term you know so it's it's cool to see that he speaks
0: like a local yeah he's immersed yeah that's really, yeah. that, that is cool. Do you, do you, so around the house, I mean, do you guys speak English to each other? Do you speak Spanish to each other? Or? Uh, we speak English. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we, but you know, factory
1: is all Spanish. Anything we do is all Spanish. Uh, Parker with his group of friends. Now that he's in an international school, he has kind of a mix of kids from all over, but um, kind of his core group of friends, even though they are like American or Canadian or whatever, uh, most of them grew up here as well and they all just speak Spanish to each other. That's kind of their go-to.
0: Yeah. I, I know, you know, I had the Coburns on earlier this year and we talked about San Juan del Sur. And, you know, I know Skip lives there too. And I, there might be other folks in the industry that live nearby as well, but I think the you 3 are the only, uh, are the only people that I know of for a fact. Um, but uh, I was going to ask about the community. Is it, is it a lot of expat or, or, um, from from United States you, you mentioned Canada too like any other countries that, that you know of your, your neighbors
1: yeah I mean we kind of have people from all over I mean we have well, there's a lot of Europeans a lot of Canadians uh, Americans obviously um, there's I mean we have people from Australia, South Africa I mean it's yeah it's kind of a one of those places where people just kind of end up from all over
0: Cool. I mean, I mean the the views looks breathtaking, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. So, I mean, I, you know, how far is it from your factory?
1: Uh, it's about four four and a half hours.
0: Okay. So do so, you? Yeah, we. we go ahead. I'm we I
1: would say we, oh, we basically commute up once a week, stay a couple of days, and then come back. Okay. Uh, and then depending on what we're, what's going on at the factory, like sometimes it's stuff I need to deal with. Sometimes Angela needs to deal with. So we kind of rotate off one week, her one week, me, whatever the case. So. Um,
0: what, um is, is, is that, I know it's been home for a while. Did you guys live in Nestle for, a, you know, a few years before you all moved out there or have you always had this? We this did. Commute? Yeah. Okay.
1: No, we lived in SLE for five years. Yeah. You know? So, which, you know, <laughs> anybody that's been to SLE, like it's a great place to visit, but living there can be a little bit, you know, monotonous to say the least. Um, so it's kind of uh it's just one of those places. I mean, it's a small Nicaraguan blue collar factory town. Um, you know, there's only so many restaurants to go to and not much else going on. So yeah, it was a, it was good because, you know, during that time we really needed to be immersed in the business, immersed in the factory, you know, getting it to the point that it needed to be. Um, So, you know, during that time we didn't really have any distractions. um, So it was really good for that. Um, But then, you know, kind of the way the school system was set up there, um, we needed to find something different for parker as he got older and um so san juan was kind of the ideal fit uh just because of the international school and so it just kind of made sense
2: terrific
0: um does he has he talked to you and angela about any plans like what's like uh i always ask this with uh, like with people i always ask about the next generation has he expressed any interest in the cigar industry or is he looking to do something completely different or Uh, I mean, I think at this point he's like any
1: other 16 year old. He really doesn't have any idea what he wants to do. But I mean, he has like in the last couple of years, definitely shown a lot more interest in like what we do, you know, kind of curious about, you know, the cigar business, what we do, where we kind of fit in the cigar industry, things like that. So he's definitely kind of starting to ask a lot more questions and, um so yeah i think it's it's kind of cool to see i mean obviously everybody hopes that you know there could be something there um but we'll see what happens
0: it's obviously too young now has there been have you and angela ever talked to or talked with him about coming to a trade show and seeing what like what the industry in a larger setting looks like or
1: yeah uh, actually we at the last inner to back um, you know, the rules, there are definitely much more lax towards, um, you know, uh, age restrict restrictions and things like that. And we were actually able to bring him on the trade show floor at inner to which was kind of cool in Germany. Nice. Um, so he kind of got to see and feel the whole kind of energy of everything, which was cool.
0: Nice. I, w- I wanted to go back into, uh, the, you know, the portfolio a little bit before kind of moved on to a couple more fun segments to conclude our evening, James, the, uh, you, you, you mentioned about how porcelain's become your number one skew. And, and before that, if I'm not mistaken, it was killer B was, was the number one right before you you took porcelain. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, Killer B is still up there, uh, but that's, you know, we kind of treat both brands separately. So for black works, killer B is the number one seller. um And then for black label, it's porcelain.
0: You know, we talked about the Connecticut shade and how it's king in a lot of ways. Um, but something that is very unusual about the fact that Killer B does so well for you is it's not a, it's not one of the, it's not one of the go-to sizes. You know, you hear about Gordo, you hear about Robusto, you, Toro is king. You know, right? And it's, you know, couldn't be, you know, other than Robusto, it couldn't be further from any of those, right? Right. Yeah, I mean
1: it is interesting. I mean, you know, if you, I never ever would have thought that, you know, I mean, we would ever have a petite Corona as our number one selling cigar. Um, I venture to say that we might be the only brand out there on the market that has a petite Corona as their number one selling cigar. So, um, which I think is awesome. You know, yeah. I love that <laughs> and, um, because it, at the end of the day, it's like you know, I think. You know, I talk to a lot of consumers, see a lot of people at events and things like that. And people just kind of get hung up on these ideas of what they think a cigar should be and the size and, you know, all, all of these different criteria that they've read or seen somewhere. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you just got to let all that shit out the window and it's just about the cigar, you know, you, it yeah. doesn't matter what size it is. If it's a great cigar, it's a great cigar, you know. Um,
0: and I think it's cool to see the killer bee, you know, kind of prove that point. Stop me if you've heard this before, right? I'm sure I'm, I'm sure this has happened before. Uh, James, I love the I love the killer bee. Have you ever thought about making it in a in a Toro, making it bigger?
1: All the time. I mean, you know, the worst thing for me though is when people will actually refuse to try it because of the size, uh, because it's too oh. small. Um, so that for me is always the frustrating thing, you know. It's like, I'm I'm fine to talk about, you know, doing it different, and people are already smoking it and liking it, you know. But I mean, somebody that won't try it just because of the size, I, I just can't wrap my head around that.
0: I'm not a big Gordo guy, but I'll try him. I'll you know always I'll always try something, even if you know it's not something that I normally get the. Coronas and and robustos are are typically my jam for the most part. Um, that's why I gravitate towards them and everything. Which is what which made me raise my eyebrows when you talked about how you're bringing the five by fifty to all your core. That's I'm I'm stoked for that. That's exciting. Um, now I know this was always like you said it was it was part of your thing. You were gonna do what you wanted to regardless and everything. With these, uh, these quote-unquote aficionado sizes, right? Petite Coronas, Lonsdales, you know, all these, you know, I guess non-mainstream sizes and everything like that. Is it, is it just how the blend worked out for you, or did it start with the size? Like, what was the order of creativity in that? And for the most part,
1: um, yeah. I mean, I just I like to for me, when I blend a cigar, I like to stick to kind of like a, a 46 ring gauge to me. That's kind of the ideal, um, f- balance between filler wrapper ratio, you know? So to me, that's like a, the truest representation of the blend, because that's what I blend towards is that size. Um, you know, and then anything above or below that, you know, obviously has to be kind of tweaked and reworked, um, you know, because you're, either gaining more wrapper flavor or losing it and, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, for me personally, that's my go-to. I love that ring gauge. Um, but yeah, it is, it's hard for me not to put out Corona Gordos, Flansdales, things like that. Like it's just, cause that, that's really what I love to smoke. I mean, um, but you know, some things, just do better in different sizes as well so it's just kind of like you know we we when I do cigars I like to try it and and that go-to size and then I kind of play with it and you know other sizes as well and sometimes it's like you know what man in that 52 or whatever that's really where it starts to shine so you know I just kind of let the tobacco do its thing and speak for itself you know
0: The uh, I I tried a Vitola uh, of this recent morphine release, and I, I, James, forgive me. Um, it was the I guess a petite box press torpedo is my descriptor of it. What, what, what do you call that Vitola? It seemed like, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's a box press
1: torpedo robusto. yeah.
0: Yeah. That was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. I really, I liked it. Um, Am I remiss? Like, is that the first time you've done that that vitola, or is it always when you've done morphine? Have you it's, always had that offering?
1: No, it's it's only the second time that we've done it, and it's kind of funny because the first time we did it, I think was twenty fifteen. Um.
0: Oh sure, wait. a, been a while.
1: And, Yeah, and and that particular size was my favorite, but it was a dog, man. Like nobody wanted it, like. Yeah. all the other sizes were sold out and I would just see that cigar on the shelf. And I'm just like, like, do people really hate torpedoes that much? Um, you answer's know, yes, whatever yes. the case. <laughs> so yeah, it was just kind of funny that, and then, so even though it was like one of my favorite sizes that we've done in morphine, I kind of let it just sit on the shelf for a while. And then this last year I was just like, you know, whatever, man, I'm bringing it back. Like, I just love it. It's been too long brought it back and man people were so stoked about that particular size it was just great to see that like for whatever reason over time people had kind of remembered it and um, you know uh re- i guess remembered liking it and hadn't seen it and so yeah it was great to see people really get
0: behind that particular vitola this time around um i, I mentioned the answer was yesterday i'll tell you i'll tell you for a fact for i i i've come around to it more and more over the, the recent years because people like yourself are actually making them and making them well. For a long time it was a very popular vitola. And I remember like it was always there was always a torpedo release and XYZ release, right? And for a long time people just didn't I, I feel like they just didn't have I didn't, they didn't have the rollers or they didn't have it down. They could make a they could make another Vitola just fine. Or even beyond fine like excellent. But it came to torpedoes. I just flat out didn't like them. Like I just they 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 didn't perform as well. They didn't taste. They didn't taste you know consistent with the blend. And and I get that. It's supposed to be a different experience. I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not that dense. But um, but for a long time it just felt like people just kind of mailed it in on that size. And slowly but surely, I think. Like again, you're. I think you're a great example of this. Like people who make it in, making it right, you know, and, and know what they're doing now, which is great because it, it. Yeah, you know, around. and I
1: think it's, and I think it's kind of a, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, the viewpoint, like my viewpoint, and I guess the viewpoint from any manufacturer, like kind of looking at the way people respond to certain products, uh, it's it's always really interesting, and I think kind of what we've seen over the the last 10 years is that people have definitely are kind of evolving, you know, and they're, they're more educated now, Mm -hmm. um, you know, than they've ever been about cigars. And that's really cool to see, you know, because I remember when we first released the, uh, the deliverance nocturnes, um, we did kind of those super weird figurados, you know, the, the long Solomon, the short Solomon, the, the perfecto, um, and I literally just saw people like look at that cigar and just like with a blank stare, you know, they just didn't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like, uh, so it's kind of funny because, you know, I thought they were awesome. There was uh, you know, a whole group of people that were super into them and loved them, but your average like mass consumer just they they didn't know what to what to make of that particular cigar, you know. So it's kind of it's interesting anytime you even veer a little bit out of the box, you know, the tola wise, uh, you know, Oh, it's box pressed and a torpedo. Like you're, you know, that's cutting out a whole group of people right there. So, um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting.
0: I want to come back to an experience you said that you've been having, like you've had about like the going back to the killer bee for a second. I, I've worked events for a number of years, so I've witnessed the very thing you described about people who didn't want to try something for XYZ reason when they're told by the manufacturer. And I, it brings me back to when I worked a lot, when I worked more in retail and everything. And I, I remember I remember that frustrating feeling, James. i got to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm with you 100%. I've never manufactured a cigar, so I, I, can't, I don't want to say I, I felt the same way. As you did, but it, I, I found it incredibly disrespectful and very arrogant of people. Like, hey James, you make all these cigars. Like, which one should I try? You should try the Killer B. No, not going to do it. Like, <laughs> and I, 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 I witnessed that that very thing so many times from various various folks, and it every time it used to just get under my skin. So I'm, I'm, I I've witnessed it. So I, I I understand that frustration. Let me just say it uh um it always blows my mind um they're missing out they're missing out because it's a, it's an amazing it's an amazing cigar so but thank you clearly enough people have gotten it so that's good um yeah uh, just a, a few more a couple more questions and segments here James to wrap up our conversations and I thank you so much for making some time to me tonight like you said I know you we talked about this earlier. You just got done traveling, and and for you to sit down tonight for you know a couple hours and chit chat with me, I really I really do appreciate it. So thank you.
1: Yeah, it's all
0: good, man. So Happy this to is be here. this is a newer segment that we've had since the last time you were on, and I, I'm real. I've been really excited to ask you this because I've um, not too much pressure here, but I just I feel like there's I feel like there's a story that you will probably bring. Um, and this is of course our asylum moment. Uh, refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Now, James, this segment is all about, you know, cigars are very much community driven. We talked about experience in retailers and events and it's very much community. You've got a wonderful fan base, very loyal. And so we smoke cigars together. It's typically what we do. We're doing it tonight, even though we're doing it virtually. And uh, but every so often, we get to experience a cigar smoking experience just by ourselves. And it can be, you know, celebrating something, maybe celebrating nothing. You know, it can you know it can be complete silence, or maybe we're listening to some music or watching something or whatever. But it's it's us and the cigar. And I'm sure you've had dozens of moments like this over your over your career and lifetime, but what's a moment that you recall, um, could be any of them. I'm not going to ask you to pick your top one, but you know, what's a moment that comes to mind when you think of, man, I remember smoking this cigar. I was alone. What cigar was it and What was that moment about?
2: Um, yeah, that's kind of tough. I mean, I would
1: say probably for me, you know, just a, a little bit of uh, that's to go too far off the rails and into details, but, You know, a little bit of my backstory was, you know, when we started Black Label, we were also uh, still running our our travel company throughout Central America, you know, which, like you mentioned earlier, was, you know, just taking a lot of Land Rovers into the jungles and these remote mine ruins, all this stuff, um, which was all very, very cool. But um, kind of the last phases of that... um, you know, I was very focused on, on developing black label and, and really wanting to figure out how to make this work. Um, so I remember I was on one of our expedition trips. Um, and I think it was our last one. Um, but we were setting up in camp, um, and I would always get up super early in the morning, uh, cause I had to, you know, prep everything and, and all that. Um, but I would always get up early enough to have a cigar before kind of everything kicked off. Um, and I remember sitting on the hood of our of our defender and smoking the cigar and just at, that was kind of the moment for me when I just said, you know what, this is it. Like, this is the last trip. Like, this is really what I want to do. Um, and this is what I want to this is what I'm passionate about, what I want to put as my focus. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, one of those turning points where I knew that that's. Black label was going to happen, and you know, that's the there were everything else in the past was that was the end of it, so um, that was kind of a, a very cool moment for me. Do you remember what you smoked
2: by chance? Uh, last last right, yeah, nice. Um, do you ever do you ever
0: miss it the tours and going in the jungles with the Land Rover?
1: Um. You know I miss the travel aspect of it i mean i spent I've spent so many years of my adult life behind the steering wheel of the Land Rover in some part of the world you know um so I miss like the part where it was just Angela and I having those experiences. I don't miss the like tour aspect of it um you know with the groups of people and and all of that um but I do miss like. That experience of us being somewhere, you know, in the middle of nowhere, uh, in whatever part of the world, you know, just kind of away from absolutely everything. Um, so maybe someday we'll we'll do another trip. But
0: you know, I remember you talking about a similar moment last time we talked about when you. I think you were, it was maybe when you were in, driving in the desert or something like that, and just like the seclusion of it, you really, you really enjoyed and, and stuff. Um, have you ever been back to Ghana? We haven't, no. I mean, we've talked about it.
1: We, you know, we really wanted Parker to kind of see where he was born, where he came from. Um, but yeah, it just hasn't really made the rotation yet.
0: But uh, I think at some point, I, I definitely want to take him back there. This is. Uh, it's an unfortunate part of the continent of Africa, how, you know, things change at the drop of a hat. I don't even know if it's a safe place to travel and I'm not trying to be insulting to it. If it's not just the continent in itself, is just always enough I mean, people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I haven't paid too much close attention to it over the last few years. I mean, I do know that, uh, you know, when we left, things were completely fine there. Um, I did hear that they kind of went through a rough patch, this is probably like five or six years ago. Um, I'm not sure where things stand today, but, you know, like you said, it is it is very volatile anywhere you go. And it's hard to say what's, what's coming next.
0: Do you know if the resort that you guys started, is, if it's still there?
1: Um, I do think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think they still have a, they at least have a social media page up. Last time I checked, it was probably like a year ago, but, which is kind of cool
0: to see. Um, it kind of brings us to, and then I'm not suggesting anything about, uh, Oveja brands necessarily, but you have, you've been an entrepreneur your entire life. Like you said, you've sold businesses and everything like that. And you mentioned just a second ago, you checked the social media page and everything like that. Do you, um, I find it interesting just cause like with the recent sale of, you know, Alec Bradley, for example, behind me and everything, you know, and, and when ownership changes hands and everything like that, like, do you, you know, out of all the businesses that you've sold, like, is there anything that you still keep track of? Or do you like, once you and Angela were done, you were, you are done and you were on to the, the next, the next project.
1: I mean, I think you always stay curious, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things I think that anytime you put the amount of time and effort uh, into creating something and, And kind of building it up to the point where you can sell it um you know your hope is that it it carries on um you know and that uh so yeah it's definitely something we're always curious about we kind of check back on things every once in a while to see uh if they're still going or if they're still around and and things like that but you know it's a it's all kind of pieces of your past so and it's i don't know it's kind of a weird thing that it's kind of pieces of yourself you know and, and the, the places we've been and the businesses we started or they all kind of represent, you know, different phases of our life. So uh, they definitely have kind of a personal uh,
0: thing to us. I've mean, never sold a business. I just find it, like you said, find it interesting. Like, you know, you put your, you know, your heart and soul into something. And then like you said, it's a piece of you that, you know, and looking back on it. And but I know a lot of entrepreneurs that have done that too. They've sold a business and they don't really care to look back. They're just like, yeah, it's something I did. It was like almost like to, for for people who've cashed a paycheck their entire working right. career, like myself, it's it's almost like the way I view a former job. Almost and yeah, and I mean
1: I space. think that yeah, I mean I think there's different there's different like cycles for people, right? Like a lot of people sell their business cause they're done with it. Right. They're tired of it. They want to do something else. You know, for us it was never really that the case we were just more kind of antsy and ready to, to move on to the next idea. You know what I mean? So it was never like, man, I gotta, I gotta be done with this. I'm ready to move on, you know? So for us, it was just always exciting to to do the next project. That was kind of what drove us.
0: Yeah, coming back full circle about how Nicaragua has been home for longer than any place. In your adult life um was that was that strange for for you to like this is this is this is my purpose this is this is it this is the thing
1: it is yeah, and I mean, you know we're in the process of building a house now, and like you know I, so for us it it all still feels very strange I mean it's funny because people say like oh well, you know you have this business, you're doing this, you're doing that and you know, we still won't commit to like a five-year plan, <laughs> you know, even though obviously we're like, we're here, we're doing this. uh, We're not going anywhere, but yeah, it's just something, I don't know. Luckily we've, Angela and I found each other because, you know, we're both in that kind of same state of mind where it's just like, you know, I'll never admit that something is permanent. You know, I always have to have that option of doing something else, but uh, you know, even
0: though we're not going anywhere or doing anything, but what once a nomad always a nomad,
1: right? I
0: yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
0: that's cool. James, just a couple more questions here. Well, this one's actually our rapid fire segment, so there's actually a few questions in this, and then we'll conclude with our curveball segment, which you're familiar with from your last visit here. So this uh, this next section is called uh, this or that, and it's supposed to be rapid fire. So I just give you; it's very simple. I give you a choice between two things, and You pick one Uh, might have a brief follow-up or two just, but uh, that's the, that's the name of the game here. So Uh, back to your wine connoisseur days for people who don't realize that you were a sommelier Um, Merlot or Pinot Noir. Pinot. Pinot. Okay. I, I know I said rapid fire. Why, why that was, that was pretty snap. Why, why, uh, why Pinot?
1: Well, not to get too geeky on it, but like you say Merlot, you have to be, honestly, you got to be more specific. Are you talking like New World, California Merlot, or are you talking like Bordeaux? Uh, Because those are two very different worlds. But Pinot Noir doesn't have that kind
0: of distinction. Uh, Again, I'm speaking for the answer.
1: it, It definitely does, but I would just say that you know you have burgundy in france which is all predominantly pinot noir which is definitely up here compared to you know california pinot noir but i will say that california pinot noir as well is definitely i think going to be a better uh in my opinion better than your basic california merlot okay how do you feel about oregon pinot noir uh Oregon, yes, I would say Oregon over California for sure. Yeah, Oregon just has its great climate for Pinot. It does really, really well.
0: I've always enjoyed Pinot Noir from from like the like Yamhill Valley and stuff like that. So all right. Yeah. Uh same uh sticking with the theme here, Pinot Negri uh wine, Pinot Grigio versus Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, would you rather have, this is back in going to tobacco now, would you rather have a better wrapper or a better binder?
2: Um, I'll say wrapper. Better
0: filler or better binder? Filler. Interesting. Okay. Um, this is, these are getting a little bit more fun now. Uh, sleeping with a fan on or without one on?
1: Fan,
0: 100%. This is what I was trying to explain. It's a it's a guy thing. My wife still doesn't understand how well, the AC and the fan has to go on at the same time.
1: No, no bro. If, if there's not a fan, I got the fan app on the phone just so it sounds like there's a fan. So, <laughs> yeah, fan all the way.
0: Absolutely. Uh, speaking, to about regions you were a second ago when we were talking about wine, not necessarily wine specific, just these two places. Italy or France?
2: France what a, what is that what about it um
1: I, I think that the variety that you get out of France is just I mean you know you, you you got all the first growth Bordeaux houses you have you know the the Burgundy region you have champagne you have I mean so just the variety and literally amongst those variety of regions, you have, you know, the best in the world of anything that they do there. So. nice. I do love Italian wines. Absolutely. hundred percent. But I don't think that when you look at the overall big picture, it's a comparison really.
0: Yeah. I know we talked about this last time, like Asia is like one of the places in the world that you really haven't spent much time or any time at all. Relatively to other, other parts of your travels and stuff, but, uh, uh, to visit like a vacation, would you rather go to Japan or China? Japan. Anything specific about it or.
1: Um, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I actually, uh, it's kind of funny and in college and in art school, I actually studied Japanese art history. Um, So it's one of those places that I've always been fascinated about. And I'm really kind of frustrated that I haven't taken the time to actually get there yet. Um, And kind of going back to the whole uh, COVID thing, we actually booked our entire trip to Japan for Parker's 13th birthday. We were going to go and that all obviously fell apart. We were supposed to go uh, right as right as COVID kicked off. So yeah, it's, it's definitely on the list. So um, just for me, it's it, the history, the culture of it is something I've always been fascinated about. And so I think China would be dope also, but if I had to pick, it would definitely be Japan. Maybe his food. Graduates. I mean, I mean, culinary aspect as well is like, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's funny, we were just uh we go to New York City, I guess like every seems like every three months now, um just to eat and hang out, and uh this last trip was just like Japanese restaurant after Japanese restaurant after Japanese restaurant, so uh oh, we're perfect.
0: all really into the food as well, nice um, you've been doing this all night, James, you're teaming up perfectly, so to go back to your art days, of being an art student and everything. So would you rather teach a class on art or would you rather take an art class that you haven't taken before?
1: Um, You know, at this point in my life, I, I would say I'd probably rather teach it. Um, you know, just kind of through my own experience of my son, who's, you know, started being artistic pretty young and, has kind of grown and developed through that, like seeing that and seeing his experience and and watching him, you know, learn different things and and become interested and curious about different things when it comes to art. Uh, I think that's really cool. And, you know, I I like seeing, um, you know, kids kind of open their eyes and open their minds to these types of new experiences when it comes to, you know, creating something. So I'll go with teach
0: my uh, my sister is a registrar at the Whitney in New York so speaking in New York and art so she's uh, she was an art uh, she has her masters in art history um and she's she worked at the met for a while she worked at the dallas museum of art a couple of other places around the country and stuff and um it's a question i came up with the other day and i was like you know it's something i'd want to ask my sister cuz i think like you i i would love i would love to take an art class from you I just, I, I think that you would have so much to share, like combined with all your travel and everything and your, and your knowledge and experience. Like, I, I think it would be really fascinating uh, what you would have to offer or something. Have you ever, th- even though I just kind of posed the question, have you ever thought about maybe doing something at like a university level or, or something like that? Like, you know, kind of dabbling in it? Um.
1: No, I mean, you know, I would think. Like for me, it would be way more small scale. Like I think my son's school is a really good example. Um, You know, obviously being in Nicaragua and even though it's an international school, they don't have like a great art program, Um, you know, but I, I do think that it would be cool to get involved in that somehow. And, you know, because I think that kind of that age group, um, at least for me, when I was growing up was really kind of where you know i started to see the world in a little bit of a different way um, through my experiences with art and and things like that so i, I think it would be kind of cool to kind of be on that level uh kind of the you know early teen years nice
0: uh again just to, this is a random one gummy worms or gummy bears
2: uh
0: bears And then the last one, this one's a little deep. Would you rather foresee the future or change the past?
2: Mm. I don't know. That's tough, man. I I guess
1: I would say foresee the future only because I wouldn't want to change the past because at least for me personally it's what brought me to where i am now so um and i'm very content with where that ended up being so i wouldn't want to uh be able to go back and alter that in any way
0: would you so i guess that kind of answers the question would you say you've you've lived a life of little or no regret in that regard
1: yeah i mean i think honestly you know angela and i both we kind of live by that The whole idea that you know you only regret the things you never did so um i feel like anything you do whether it be a success or failure or whatever it kind of molds you into the person that you are and and i think you need both those things in your life to to kind of show you uh you know what to do and and what not to do so yeah i mean everything we've done people have always thought we were nuts from the beginning and you know, we've always been all about taking the risk and going all in.
0: And, you know, so, yeah, definitely no regrets. I mean, that's awesome. Have you, I think I asked a variation of this question last time and I, and I apologize. I don't recall the answer. Like, has anyone, because we we explored your story pretty extensively last time. And I just, it's one of the most fascinating, fascinating stories that I've ever been. It was one, it was one of my favorite, favorite takes I've ever done just because of, how rich and just incredibly interesting for lack of a better word that that your background is has anyone ever learned your story and asked like man I want to do that what 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 do I do has anyone ever asked that of you i mean i think people people kind of say it all the time you know
1: what i mean it's like people are like oh i want to do that like i wish or you know for me the thing that bothers me the most is when people say i wish i could do that you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, well, you can, you, you just have to make the choice to do it. It may not be comfortable, but if oh. you really want to do it, you could do it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think we've been really successful in what we do because we are the type of people that don't look at risk the same way. You know what I mean? We're, completely fine with packing our stuff and moving to whatever country and figuring it out. Um, you know what I mean? And yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's one of those things where it's, it's more a state of mind, you know, it's not about whether you can physically actually do it. You can, you just have to be in the state of mind that you're willing to, you know, do what it takes and be comfortable with the risk factor
0: or whatever it is, you know, nice. All right. Well, we are on down to our last question of the evening, James. Again, thank you so much for all your time tonight. Great question, great conversation, yeah, like always. And this, of course, is our curveball segment, which is always brought to you by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter, since the company's inception, Steve Saka has been knocking them out of the park eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka. We talked a little bit about this along the way today James which so with your each brand Blackworks, Emilio, Black Label you've kind of established these themes that we've talked about Which brand was the hardest theme to come up with Um you know I think it
1: would definitely have to be Emilio so and the reason being is you know Emilio wasn't kind of my idea my inception you know it's a it's a brand that was around and um you know i'll preface it with saying that it is getting easier but by the but at the time that we took over Emilio and took over the branding it was kind of that time where um you know we had fda looming over everything um and everybody was in fear that you know this ruling was going to come down where you weren't allowed to change the name. You weren't allowed to change, you know, the sizes, things like that. And so when we took it over, we were like, okay, well, you know, this is the portfolio, we have to figure out how to make side one, side two, Suave, uh, all of that cool, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, all right, well, we can't just come out with new stuff, which would be, you know, a lot easier. We got to figure out how to like rework this and and rebrand it and make it kind of fit our style and and be something that people are going to respond to and kind of forget that these cigars have already been around, um, you know, with different branding and, and whatever. So uh, yeah, that was kind of the the tough thing. Um, and now that you know that's kind of gone away a little bit, you know, we have the more freedom to to do kind of exactly what we want to do in terms of new products and, and new releases. And um so yeah, it's and it's one of those things where like I said, Amelia's been around for like, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years, something like that. Um, and you know, because it's not something we developed from scratch, it's more so like trying to change it and get it to the point where it's kind of a standalone brand. You know, um, which, like I said, it's just one of those projects that takes a little time, and I think we're getting there. but
0: have you thought about inserting your your love of and graduation with hip hop into it somehow?
1: Um,
0: a little bit, yeah. I mean, I think you know, as we kind of go down this
1: musical theme um, with Emilio, uh, I think we'll see a little bit more of that. Um, and you know, I have some cool stuff lined up for for the new stuff that's coming out and it's definitely going to be a little bit more kind of in that hip hop genre, um, in terms of the branding. So yeah, it's, it's definitely
0: coming. I, I just have this thing as much as I, in the past, there, there are certainly, uh, there are certainly exceptions to this rule, but celebrity cigars tend to not do well as a whole and in general, but I still have this, like this dream, this pipe dream one day that like you and Wu Tang are going to get together and you're going to figure something out. Like, how to do
2: <laughs>
0: that'd be so awesome i just think it'd be really cool Uh um, it would be awesome um do you i mean did you uh i know it's been a few years since he was part of the brand and and everything i mean did you did you did you have a relationship with gary gary griffith at all did you know him at all um no i i've met gary only
1: once um the kind of when we were coming into the whole. I think it was Boutiques Unified at that time, or or whatever. Um, he Gary had already kind of been taken out of the picture. Yeah, that's what um, done, I
0: Just didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a stable for a long time. So that was, I was so crazy when he left. It was unbelievable. It was like one of those like just surprises. It was like what? But I'm I'm really glad it's landed back in in your lap and and in this way and. I love that what you guys are like the identity that you guys are creating with it. It's uh, like you said, it's going to take some time, I think, but I think it's, it's going to be a, another, you know, powerhouse for you. And you're going to have that, that three pronged, you know, window. I mean, any thought to any other lanes to use the metaphor, I guess.
1: I mean, yeah, it's always, uh, you know, I'm always, I always have something on the back burner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, kind of as as the business grows, you know, as we get bigger, um, you know, I definitely my mind kind of steers towards like new kind of branch off brand ideas, um, you know, different line ideas. So, um, yeah, I mean, probably not within the next couple of years, but it is definitely something I'm looking at a little bit further down the road, um, developing something new. Uh, kind of come into the group so we'll see
0: well terrific well i know i've thanked you a few times already james but it's uh it's really meant quite a bit to me for you to sit down for some time again tonight and, and uh and have another great conversation I've really really come to enjoy our interactions and our conversations i feel like i you know i feel like i learn a lot from everybody um so i i, I won't say you know you know anything obtuse or necessarily but i i i just really enjoy your refreshing perspective on things it's just something that i've always come to enjoy about our interactions and uh and it's something i always look forward to so thank you so much for your time tonight yeah man i appreciate it thanks for having me on absolutely well for everyone out there thank you for staying up late with us as always we've got a wonderful. speaking of milestones this is 10th, james's 10th anniversary project the uh, uh, madonna negra that's coming out later this summer so check that out that's going to be exciting uh, we do have our 250th take coming here in a couple weeks we're going to be having a fantastic guest that i know everyone will be excited about so we've got some great things on the horizon for us as well so stay tuned for details on that if you check out our youtube channel don't forget to hit subscribe you can always hit the like button on our Facebook page, I'll lose you for more. And if you're listening to wherever you listen to podcasts later on, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, or, I or wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you download, subscribe, and review. Uh, if you already are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that really helps my numbers. And uh, allows me to get great guests like James whenever I want. So uh, do that, please. Uh, For everyone out there, thank you so much for spending. This was our 249th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm Bear Duplicy. He's James Brown. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time.